would like to set the stage for the trial and conviction of Jesus. I want us to try to imagine that we are there. We're part of the crowd. We're wondering, what will the outcome be of this man who did so many wonderful, miraculous things? What will Pilate do? We just don't know. We've, we've seen the Lord. We've seen him many times. And, and some of us have even witnessed a miracle or two. Like unbelievably and incredibly bringing life back to the dead. Bringing joy and amazement to those who had most recently grieved for the death. But now jump in astounding delight for new life. Miracles like giving new nerve fibers and new blood vessels and new brownish-pink flesh to the numb, ugly, white-skinned lepers. Miracles like freely giving the gift of sight. People that only saw black now see color and they see other people and they see trees and the sky and lakes and the sun. He gave sight to the blind. We saw him perform miracles like straightening and strengthening the bones of the lame, like healing the woman with the issue of blood, and like returning dignity and sanity to the demon-possessed. Yes, some of us witnessed those miracles, but even if we hadn't, we've certainly heard about them, for the reports come from all over the world. So let's look quickly at the next events in his life and in ours. It has been about three and a half years. Jesus has endured many, many hardships. His opponents, primarily the Jewish leadership, had tried to trick him, to corner him, and lie about him. All the while, he healed and he taught. He was a merciful, miracle-working doctor, a wittingly sharp lawyer, a wise counselor, an insightful teacher, a comforting and forgiving friend, a profound orator, perfect mediator, the high and holy priest, God-sent prophet and anointed servant, and Messiah and King. Yet, they hated him. And so... With 30 pieces of silver, Judas, one of the 12, betrayed God's only son. And the crowd that came with Judas, chosen from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders, took Jesus away. Not before his companions had fled from him. Jesus had told his disciples earlier, quoting from Zechariah 13, 7, that they would indeed all fall away. And now it happens. And although Jesus knew he would be left alone, perhaps Psalm 88:18 comes to mind. You have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. My companions have become darkness. Jesus is taken, not against his will, 
to Caiaphas, the high priest, where he will judge a mock trial. Jesus is not surprised. It is the beginning of his rejection and subsequent death, but a death that would be necessary for the plan of salvation to be accomplished. Jesus might have been set free, for the witnesses the Sanhedrin had called couldn't agree on their lies. Caiaphas, seeing that this group of prideful oppressors might not be able to make a case against Jesus, finds that he must ask the one question that will determine Jesus' guilt once and for all. The high priest asks the king, Are you in fact the Messiah? The Son of God? It is at this moment that Jesus knows his answer will bring about his torture and his death. But answer he must, and he does so willingly. I am. And with those words of truth, but interpreted by those around him as blasphemy, he is convicted. Following morning, after Peter had denied Jesus three times, he is bound like a common criminal and taken to Pilate for his judgment upon Jesus. Pilate asks Jesus if he is the King of the Jews, and Jesus does not cower but continues to set his face on the cross and tells Pilate that he is indeed the King of the Jews. Pilate sees that the chief priests and elders and scribes have delivered Jesus up to him because of their jealousy and envy. So he gives them an opportunity to have Jesus released, for he sees that Jesus has done no evil. And maybe, maybe they've had more time to think about what they are doing and will rethink this whole thing and ask Pilate to release him. So Pilate actually gives them that opportunity. But they will not recant. They will not back down. It is Jesus that they want taken from their presence forever. And so they yell, crucify him. Pilate gives up, gives in, and the Jewish leaders get their way. It will be soon that Jesus will no longer be the thorn in their sides that he has been. They are smug and arrogant and self-righteous, and they are satisfied with their evil deeds. Jesus, this rabble-rouser, will soon be hanging from a Roman cross, and as far as they're concerned, that's the exact treatment that he deserves. They thought they were sending a blasphemous criminal to a deserving death. Wrongly accused of doing miracles by the power of Satan, what a better way to show everyone in the city exactly what happens to an individual like that. What they didn't know, or how could they, their eyes were blinded by the prince of this world, is that the amazing plan of salvation called for a spotless, perfect, sinless man to die for the sins of those that were exactly the opposite. To die for the black-hearted, sinful, evil-loving people who needed a Messiah, needed a Savior, needed a mediator, needed an advocate to bring them back. To God. What they would not see 
is that Jesus was sent from God and was God himself in human flesh. He was perfect and knew no sin. What they could not see was that through their evil that he would become sin for us and for them so that everlasting life would be afforded to all those who would believe. What they forgot, these leaders and lawyers, these know-it-alls, these professors and teachers, was what Isaiah said about the coming Messiah. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. The plan would work perfectly, but it would not be painless. There would be a cost, a cost so deep and a cost so hard, so agonizing, so humiliating. God-man Jesus would would face excruciating pain leading up to the wrath of the Father. Almost unimaginable this thought must have been to the Lord Jesus, for remember these words in the garden, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat came like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Hope appears to be gone. And this day is far from over. It is the beginning of the darkest day of all time. And it's all in God's plan.